Welcome to Belfast City Vineyard, where we are pursuing formation in the presence of Jesus, community gathered around him, and the impact he empowers us to bring in our families, city, and the world. The following message was given at one of our Sunday services. For more information, visit our website at BelfastCityVineyard.com. It's a pleasure to have you all here this morning on this baby dedication Sunday. Um, and I just wanted to take um, just a short while to talk, um, especially to the parents who have brought their uh, little ones to dedicate them today. Um, and at the end of the day, in this church, what we really, really want as a community for every child here is that they would know Jesus and fall in love with him and never walk away from him for the rest of their lives. And so the first that I wanted to talk to you um, about today is from Proverbs 22, verse 6, and it is this. Wow, it worked. Okay, it says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Um, it's a verse that's frequently misunderstood, especially by Christians, because I think whenever we read it, we can have this tendency to load it with a lot of pressure on ourselves. Um, and you know, we can read it and think, right, this verse says, I need to train up my child. So right, what am I going to do? How do I do this? And we can put our own little interpretation on it and go into sorting mode um, and list making. And we can think, right, this is what I'm going to do. If I could just send my kid to enough Sunday school and enough summer Bible clubs and make sure they don't listen to dodgy music and monitor everything they watch online um, and read them the Bible every day and make sure they invite Christian friends around from school, then I think we've given it a really, really good shot. I think that's the best we can do to train them. And then even after that, let's just say they hit their teenage years and then things go little bit pear-shaped. Um, maybe they drift away from Jesus a bit. By the signs of this verse, we're reading it and we're hoping that at least when they're old, maybe they'll come back. And that is generally often our interpretation we put on it. Alongside, I have seen parents walking under a lot of self-condemnation because their child, their teenager, their adult has maybe walked away from church or away from Jesus. And in the light of this verse, maybe they start thinking it's their fault. You know, because maybe they're thinking, did I not train up my child properly? You know, um, where did I go wrong? You know, could I have done it differently when they were little? But this verse, it's not meant to cause striving or blame or pain. That's not the intention of the writer at all. And actually, as I've studied this verse um, and researched it a bit in the past week, I have realized that it's very freeing and encouraging. And so often, we have a failure to really understand what it actually means to train up a child in the way that he or she should go. This text is taken as an exhortation often to parents to properly teach their kids scripture and live in a godly way. And yes, of course, the Bible does give us a mandate for doing that. Um, but this particular verse is about so much more than that. Um, there's a bit that I find really important. So, there you go. There it is where I've gotten um, 
a lot of information in this from. I want to recommend, if you're interested, it's Charles Swindle's Parenting, Thriving, Not Surviving. It's not a new book by any means, um, but it's got some helpful things in there and worth a read if you're interested. So let's look at the start of this verse together. Train up. The Hebrew word for train up um, is, I'll probably not be pronouncing this right because I have not studied Hebrew, but it's, it looks to be Hanak, and it has a few different meanings that I have found incredibly helpful to understand. Firstly, it means to dedicate, which is really appropriate for this morning. Um, it's especially apt. We have seven beautiful children who are going to be dedicated in a short while. Um, it's used in places in the Bible in reference to when people dedicate buildings or houses. And as our parents dedicate their children this morning, they are demonstrating their choice to lean on God as they intentionally shepherd their children's hearts. Um, another um, instance where this phrase is used, um, this term Hanak, um, is used when we're talking about the training of a horse and it, it gives us the image of the bit and the bridle in the horse's mouth um, which is used by the trainer just to direct the horse's energy but without breaking its spirit. Horses want to run. Why? Just because simply that's what they were created to do. It's a created purpose. They've got this desire in them to run and a rider who knows what they are doing uses the bits and the reins to help the horse achieve this purpose safely and effectively. But here's the best bit um, that I, I like the most. This phrase, train up, that is used here in Proverbs in the original Hebrew, also speaks of the actions of a midwife. Um, and it's linked to a root meaning of to rub the palate or the gums. So whenever a new baby was born, what the mid I've told you this before, I think, in the past, what the midwife would do is that she would dip her finger into this mixture of like crushed dates or something similar um, and put it into the mouth of a newborn child. And the purpose of this was that when they put something sweet into the mouth of the baby, um, it stimulated it, it kicked off the baby's sucking reflex and it started their thirst for milk. Um, and in other words, she stimulated their gums to encourage a response that would benefit the child and use the baby's natural instinct just to guide them towards what was best for them. And um, there's a, another way this is used in referring to honey. Um, I was reading this um, many centuries ago in Jewish schools. Whenever a kid was, you know, that age, like when they were ready to start school, they used to write um, scripture on a board and paint honey over the board and then as like a prophetic action they get the child to lick the honey off the scripture um, and it was meant to be basically to really stimulate that um, taste for God's word and to pray over them that they would hunger after it um, throughout their education. Um, so what we want to do is we want to cause our children in this church to begin to take action and really enjoy the sweetness of the path that they're on. So if we, we look at this concept in these different ways, um, what it actually means to train up a child, we can simply say it's to create a thirst within him or her. Okay, so we have this word train as a compound of, of dedicating. Rather than being a very harsh and controlling thing, we can read the word train and we can think, well, we train dogs, we train animals, and we can read it and think of it in a harsh way that we want to fit a child into a mold or really control um, the direction they're going in or the path that they take. But what it really means is that we want them, we want to direct them and we want to help them achieve what they were made for um, by creating a thirst in them that will really, really help them grow. The next wee bit, um, the Hebrew word for child, train up a child, 
that's used in Proverbs 22. Um, it's used in different, the same word in different passages throughout the Old and the New Testaments. In some passages, the word relates to being an infant. In other passages, the very same word speaks of a young boy. In another, the word is used for Joseph when he's 17. In another, the same word is used for a young man who's ready for marriage. So this verse is really speaking about training our children from birth right the whole way through youth until they're adults. So if we want to put this first bit of the verse together, we're going to say, create a thirst or a desire in the right th for the right things in your child from the beginning of their life until they are young adults. And that is what God has called us to do in our homes and in this church. We want to develop our kids and young people, developing them a deep thirst to become the person that God designed them to be. So how do we create this really insatiable thirst within them? The same way you stir an appetite. Now, I have a bit of confession. People sometimes laugh at me because, well, in staff anyway, I don't have a huge appetite all the time. Um, so if we get pizza, I'll eat like one piece and be stuffed. Um, so whenever I go out for dinner with Trevor, sometimes we'll like order our food and I'll eat it all. Um, and the waiter will come to take the dessert order and I'll say the classic line of, I'm too full to have dessert, I'll just have a coffee. So Trevor orders his dessert and it arrives smelling all delicious and yummy. And suddenly then the only thing about my, oh, I'll just have a coffee decision is that it came with a teaspoon. And then I can use the teaspoon to sample his dessert um, instead. Um, and then I'll discover that whenever I just have a wee taste of his pudding that I was apparently too full up to eat five minutes previously, what happened? His food came. It looked so good. I tasted a spoonful. One mouthful was not all I actually wanted. Um, I didn't even know I wanted dessert until I had a taste of it. And it is the same with Jesus. Um, sometimes, some of the kids here, they're at church, and they're looking at, they might rather be playing on their iPads or chatting. But here's the thing. Maybe they don't even know yet that they're hungry for Jesus. Maybe that's the same for some of us here. Um, as well. Maybe we don't even know. They need to be given a taste of his presence because whenever we taste the presence of Jesus, even if we weren't expecting to taste it, it is so good. The best thing that we can do is to create a hunger and thirst for Jesus and our kids um, and to live this out as a community ourselves. Matthew 5.13 says that we're the salt of the earth. Salty people create a thirst for Jesus and for more of the Holy Spirit. So whenever it comes to training or stimulating a thirst in our, our children to be in the presence of God, the most important question probably is, how real is Jesus to you? And I'm asking this not just to the parents, because we're in this together as a community. Um, yeah, how salty are you? Parents and wider BCV community, if we want to create a thirst in our children, we have to model out what it looks like to run after Jesus. We cannot force feed biblical principles to our children. We must stimulate their taste. So how do we do that? There are two powerful ways to stimulate a child's taste for God's wisdom. We want to make it practical. We want to make it real. For the parents here, Deuteronomy 6 says that we should talk of it as we go through the daily routines of life. 
we should look for opportunities to discuss God's wisdom with our children and to weave it into the very fabric of their lives. Moses said to the people of Israel, and these are the words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise up. But this is for all of us in the room, actual parents and spiritual parents, because I know that I have got two daughters, but I also have many more children in this place who are not my own flesh and blood, but whom I have been assigned by God to parents spiritually. And that is the same as many of you. Some of us are assigned to parents spiritually, little children. And for some of us, that's actually other grown-ups as well. We always need parents, no matter what age we are. And that's for all of us. Moses is saying that what you teach your children must be real to you, first of all. Faith in Jesus Christ is something that permeates every area of our lives. And it's something that we should just be talking about all the time, not as part of a sermon or a lesson, but all of the time when you sit, when you rise, when you're walking, when you're in the car and the school run, and when you're chatting over coffee with your friends, all of the time. It's part of our lives and we need to teach our kids that Jesus Christ is to be part of everything that we do. And as we model that for them and teach it to them, it will stimulate that thirst. Perhaps the most powerful thing we can do is model biblical principles before our children. Firstly, we must be really good examples. Give them something that tastes really, really good. Make sure we have everything in place so that our kids can really taste God and never want to stop. I can't guarantee you that if you live out God's word before your children, that they will always buy into it and follow it. But I can just about guarantee that if you don't, they won't. If you want to see your kids worshiping or prophesying or um, running after the poor, um, filled with compassion, whatever it is you long to see in your children, go after it hard yourself and watch what happens in the lives of your kids as you give them a taste of the kingdom. As part of this dedication, we who call BCV home are going to be invited by Andy to make a congregational promise um, where we're going to promise to, as far as possible, love and care for these children and provide strong examples of lives dedicated to Jesus. We're going to promise that in a little while, so we just wanted to put it on our minds. Okay. So the last part of this proverb, the next part, which says we, should says we should train a child in the way he should go. And that's often the most debated part. The Hebrew means quite simply, in accordance with his way, or it can mean upon the mouth of his way because they're being poetic and they're tying it into the taste thing at the start of the proverb. Um, it's the image of the mouth again. Now we could be very black and white about this and we could say it right. Um, the way he should go, the writer must mean there's only two ways a person can go, like the highway, <laughs> my way or the highway, the right way, the wrong way, the wise way, the wise of a fool. We can just think it means an either or thing. And in a broad sense, that can be right. But in his book, um, Swindle suggests that the writer's use of this language tells us that his advice goes way, way beyond the obvious. The key Hebrew word for this is called derek or way. 
and it can refer to a literal way, like a road, but actually in this case, it's a bit less literal. Um, it can be used to refer to the manner in which something acts, um, and here's some examples of it from Proverbs 30. It says there are three things. If you look for the word way in this way statement, there are three things which are too wonderful for me, for which I do not understand. The way of an eagle in the sky, the way of a serpent on the rock, the way of a ship in the middle of the sea, and the way of a man with a maid. So in each of these terms, the word way refers to how something behaves. And of course, we can talk about God's way. But in this instance, the proverb that we're looking at, um, it says train up. It's talking about the child's way. Train up a child according to the child's way. So what does that mean? We are to train our children um, according to the way that God made them to be, understanding his or her characteristic manner. Another way of saying this is that we need to train them towards their natural bent. All of us, we all of us in this room have a certain lean um, towards certain things, a natural lean towards certain things. Think of the children you know. Think of yourself. You know, um, some will be creative, others will be sporty, some will be academic. One child or person here could be super confident, another could be extremely shy. One child could be motivated by praise and achievement, another child not. Um, and Swindle writes this. We receive our children from the hand of God, not as soft, pliable lumps of clay ready to be molded into what we think they should become. Each child comes with a set of abilities, intellectual capacity, and a way of perceiving and thinking, all of which were endowed by God. What path are the children in your life created to follow? We need to ask God to help us create that desire in each child, as the proverb suggests, to quite literally thirst to be with Jesus and follow the one-of-a-kind path that he has designed uniquely and individually just for them, according to their way. Our call is to help them understand and negotiate God's personally designed road for them. If you do not accept a child for who they are, you quench the spirit. We want to teach our kids to see the traps the devil has thrown out in front of them. God never meant us to raise perfect children in our church. He wants us to raise kids who hear his voice. We have to represent Jesus to them. Our challenge is to know the diets of specific children so that you can talk to them in a way that stimulates hunger and thirst for the things of the Spirit. The best thing you can discover is who they are. What unique spark has God put in them? Rick Olmstead said this in a talk that I listened to. Um, uncommon are the people who attempt to understand their kids before putting a label on them. And I love that. Let's be an uncommon community because we spent time intentionally asking Jesus to show us the specifics of what he has put in the lives of every little one in this place Let's use the things that God is showing us to speak his truth over them so that they can run their own race with confidence and Holy Spirit power. What do we want to see happening with the children in our church and the children yet to come? We want to lay a foundation as to whether they choose Jesus and choose church in the future. We want children who can tell us what God is doing with them right now. The Father's love instilled in the hearts of children producing intimate prayer 
intimacy with Jesus. We want children to know what God thinks of them. Children who can stand up and say, I am loved and I have to do nothing to earn that. When these little ones understand that they did nothing to earn God's love, they'll praise him with all of their hearts. So it's time to dedicate some babies um, in a really short time. So some of you have got children in the kids' rooms that you want to go and fetch to come to the dedication, so now would be your time. Um, let me finish by this, saying this. This verse is about encouraging a child to start on the road that's right for them. It's not about insisting they do things in a certain way. It's not about following a formula. It's about recognizing and keeping with your child's unique gifts. It's understanding the calling that God has put on their life. They're not the same as anybody else. You'll see this when we bring our seven little children up shortly. It's preparing your child so that they are equipped to choose the path that's right for them. We need to teach our children the Bible, but also we want to watch and see and seek the Lord for insight into who they are so that we can stimulate that thirst in them to walk the right path. A lot of the issues that we have to deal with as adults are down to the fact that we never fully understood as a kid that Jesus loves us and that he created us in a certain way for a certain purpose. In fact, some of you here will know exactly what it felt like to be unvalued as a kid growing up. If that is your story, at the end of the service, we'll have a team here who would just really love to pray with you um, and stand with you and ask the Lord to show us and to show you who you are, who he designed you to be, and the path that is for you. God can take even the harvest things that have happened to you throughout your life and he can use them to make a huge difference. Some of you as adults, some of us are still maybe not sure exactly what our natural bent is. Maybe you're an adult and you're still trying to figure it out because it got ignored or maybe even squashed out of you when you were a child. Good news, today we want to just break that and pray with you and call out your natural characteristics so that you can start to live in the way that God intended you to. Each of these little ones that we are dedicating, we've taken time to pray and ask God what he has uniquely placed in each of them. And we're going to share these words with you just shortly um, and the parents will weigh and test them. Even though these little ones are small, we can already see hints and signs of the way that they should go. And so as parents and as a church, we don't want to give these kids a formula for what they need to become. We want to start right now and help these children choose the path that's right for them that leads to sweet adventures in the kingdom. So let's create a thirst in these little ones to live in God's kingdom according to the way he has uniquely made them. For when they learn to walk on the path that God has planned for them, and not on somebody else's path, then they will not depart from it. Let's pray. Jesus, I want to thank you for the children in this community and for the adults too. Thank you that you have a unique purpose for each one of us. Not one of us is the same, but we are all known by you. And I just pray today that we would all leave with a greater sense of knowing who you say we are. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. 
For all the latest information about what's happening in the life of our church, or if you have any questions or comments, head over to BelfastCityVineyard.com.